Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. I am Lawrence Holmes, and I am here with you until 2 o'clock. We are getting ready to have a conversation with the manager of your Chicago Cubs. You're pretty hot right now, which is a good thing. David Ross. Ray, let's get it. This is the David Ross Show. Chicago! Cubs manager David Ross on the Lawrence Holmes Show. My expectation is for us to win ball games. I mean, like, we're going to go out and compete really hard. I think it's a fun group. World Series hero. And now the 1-2 pitch on the way to Ross. Swung on, hit in the air. Deep center field. Back goes Davis. Back near the track. Near the wall. Davis leaping. And that ball is a home run. David Ross with Lawrence Holmes on 670 The Score. This hour is being brought to you by Carx Tire and Auto. Online at carx.com. David Ross joins me on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline. Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, some of the world's largest sports book. Rossi, what's up, dude? What's going on, Lawrence? How are you? Good afternoon. Man, I'm doing all right, and so is your ball club. Well, what do you think has been different about your team over the last week or so? I think it starts with starting pitching. We've gotten much better starting pitching. Uh, Kyle's been on a roll. Justin Steele gave us a great outing. Obviously, Wade last night was really impressive. I think overall our starting pitching is just um, gave, kept us in the ball game, put up a lot of zeros early on, and gave us a chance to compete throughout the game. We've had some big knocks late, uh, having those balls fall finally uh, for us, and we're in every ball game still, but um, you know, starting pitching keeps it close, and we're able to we've come through with some big hits here and there. I wanted to ask you about Frank Schwindel because he's had an interesting week where he had been optioned, and then you guys brought him back, and he he made a roster move, and and he ends up playing for you, and in a couple of instances came very close to winning a game with a home run, then had a, a couple of other great at bats, had some great at bats last night. Can can you walk me through what this roller coaster of a week must have been like for him? Yeah, I think, you know, one, I mean, you can go back to a, the week before as well when you're scuffling a little bit and you're trying so hard to, um, you know, get hits and, and, you know, find your timing, have good at bats, and uh, you get the bad news, you go home, you reset, you kind of, probably a sense of relief. I mean, talking to him a little bit, he knew he wasn't right, but had been working on some things and we were, we believe in Frank and trying to take some of the pressure off of him and give him a, you know, a few at bats to, to regroup while we needed some starting pitching. Uh, and you know, you get that bad news, you reset mentally, you're, you're let down. He was definitely disappointed. And, 
uh, we bring him right back and I make that phone call uh, to tell him he's coming back the next day. And, you know, he was, he was just pumped up. He's like, sweet, you know, like no, no hard feelings, no, um, no sulking, no bad attitude. He just kept working with our hitting guys and um, you put him in there and he continues to have success and some good at bat, some things fall. And I think that, you know, that, ball he hit in San Diego was really a turning point like hey I'm going to come up with big hits I'm having good at bats he's hitting balls hard all over the yard and then things start falling for him and then it's about confidence that's what that's really what it is a lot of the times when you get your timing down and you start to hit balls hard and build a little bit of confidence that stuff can go a long way how hard are those conversations when you know a guy is is doing everything that they can but they're not helping and you you have to make a move yeah, I mean that's the worst part of this job, right? I mean, this the the you know every guy on the team and the organization when you have to deliver a tough message, everybody's giving their all and everybody's um, you know, putting their best foot forward so to speak every time out there. They work hard. Uh we have a group that works extremely hard and they bring a positive attitude every day. I think sometimes one is just like, you know, you want guys to get right and you believe in them. Um and you're trying to give them some an environment where they can work through some things and sometimes it's just roster construction and we may need an extra pitcher here or um, somebody somebody may um, be short and you got to send a guy down and get get a fresh fresh guy when I say short I mean just look we've, we've taxed them a lot in the bullpen and you got to have a little bit of turnover and I think the successful teams that have depth and uh, a lot of versatility uh, are the ones that are gonna uh, you see compete year after year because it's it's next man up mentality and uh, sometimes guys just need a, a reset or we just got to rest a guy and get a fresh arm up here at the big league because it's all about winning. You you brought up Kyle Hendricks and, and what he's done over the last three starts. What are the things that you like from what you've seen of him? Uh, I think the fastball command, uh, I talk about his, and he talks as well about his angle to his pitches. Um, working down in the zone I think is really important for him, and the changeup just seems to be um, – the depth on it right now just really seems to be uh, some of his best that I think he's had. Um, another thing he's really incorporated really well is the breaking ball, even in behind the counts, flipping the breaking ball in, stealing a strike uh, to hit, giving him a different look. Um, but for me, it's all about fastball command and, and the angle of that fastball. It's got a real sync to it. It's working down on the zone. You get chases underneath on the changeup when you're doing that, making the hitter commit to down away, which is a really hard pitch to hit consistently. Uh, when he's executing that over his career, he's been really, really good. He's doing a good job with that right now. I'm fascinated by Scott Efros and and how he's been able to to be really, really effective. Is is his delivery something that is hard for batters to pick up? Yeah, I mean, it was for me when I played. I, I hated the sidearm guys. Uh, it's such a different look. You, it takes you a minute to figure out where the belt ball needs to start. Uh, how much sink or run is in that, and then you're kind of playing the guessing game between uh, the sinker in and the slider that's going to sweep away. Uh, Scotty's got even more to his game with uh, he's got uh, what we call kind of an upshoot fastball. He's got where he can make it rise in the zone and get above the barrel, um, and really as a changeup has come into play really nicely versus the lefty. So um, he's off to a great start for us, a guy that's really built some trust. He's got a, he's, uh, a unique story. He's worked really hard, made some changes. Uh, he comes in and competes his tail off. He he gives us what we want. He doesn't walk guys. He's in the zone. He's on the attack. He's done a really, really nice job for us. And 
somebody that's been a big piece of our success so far. You got to love that, right? As a manager, a guy that that takes some lumps, makes some changes, talks to people around the game, goes and reaches out to other guys that throw like him, and and then has success. As a manager, you've got to absolutely love that type of story. Sure. I mean, you know where my just from being around the game for a long time, my radar goes up if if a player comes up and hadn't had any adversity, and then then uh, then you're worried the first taste of adversity is going to come at the big league level, and that's a scary thing uh, to try to handle it on this stage. Um, when guys go through adversity and overcome that and work hard and and like you said, uh, rely on the people around them and. Um, talk to coaches, talk to other players, and they, they've been through the ups and downs of success and failures uh, and have come out, come out on the other side of that, that's, uh, that's a really, really strong thing. Uh, and I think you need that more than just talent sometimes at our level because you're going to hit bumps in the road and it's how you bounce back and how you try to figure out the problems and how you continue to compete uh, when things are going great. Talking with Cubs manager David Ross here as the the Cubs on a nice little run over the last week have won two series in a row and trying to win a series against the Pirates. Tonight, you'll be able to hear the game here on the score. Rossi, you and Wilson Contreras are now in a very, very cool club of Major League players. I want to take you back real quick to your 100th home run. Ross cracks one in the air, deep left field. 100 home runs for David Ross. Three-run homer. Cubs lead 5-1. to one. A smiling David Ross rounding third. As he said a few weeks ago, 100 home runs in the show would be very cool. He is enjoying that moment right now. The great Pat Hughes with the call. So when you hit the 100th home run, walk me through what you felt like. I tell you what, first off, I love Pat Hughes' home run calls. <laughs> you guys play that game seven one. He's such a he's such an icon around us and I, I just love hearing his voice. Um no, I mean, like that feels great, right? And I think Wilson's yesterday took me back to my hundredth and, and obviously Wilson's gotten there a lot faster than I did and is uh, a you know, a much better caliber player than I was and um uh, to see him do that and all that hard work pay off and um to be a part of that, to watch him when he first, you know, his first at bat, taking that change up off the lefty to right center in his first home run. I remember like it was yesterday uh, sitting on the bench and so pumped up for him. And then he gets to um, hit 100 last night for a grand slam in that fashion, um, you know, it was pretty special. I thought, um, you know, you saw a little emotion come out from him. He's pumped up. He uh, He's put a lot of hard work and, and, Again, a guy that we rely on for championship at-bats. And really, you're talking about our success as of late. He's just gotten on fire and having great at-bats at the top of our order. Um, we, we really rely on Wilson, and that was a really cool moment last night. For someone who sat there next to him that worked in every meeting with him as a teammate and now to manage him, how have you seen him change from the moment he walks into the door to the player that he is now? Uh, I think just the confidence he has within himself, one, you know, knowing he belongs here, you got to prove that first a little bit. Um, and then you get to uh, have some success and be on a championship team and be a part of a lot of winning. And, and now he's the, he's the veteran. He's the guy we rely on. He's the guy that's leading these young pitchers, uh, trying to set the example, um, controlling his emotions and his at-bats and maturing in that way. Like, he's got 
gotten better in so many ways. Every part of his game, really. I mean, um, you know, being able to turn the page uh, after a bat at bat and things that take a little bit of time and understanding, like, each at bat is unique. If you get out in the first, uh, having a, another championship at bat in the fourth uh, and the sixth and the eighth, you know, those the things that continue to um, help us win ball games. He's done a really nice job of leading in that way and continues to grow every single day. He, he's, a, he's awesome. When you have a player that's clearly valuable the way that, that Wilson is, and people look at you and look at your team and say, well, maybe at some point they they try to move Wilson. He's, I'm sure, hearing and feeling all of that. How do you tell him to deal with the speculation on where his career goes from here? You know, I, I don't give advice in those areas. Now, I, that would really be outside of my comfort zone and, and really, you know, one of those things that um, – I don't think yeah, everybody's a grown man and they're, they're out having their careers. And um, the things that I are important to me that I try to talk about is the, the daily focus on winning that day. And Wilson does a really good job of bringing a good attitude and a focus to win that day and not letting out any, any outside noise affect him. Uh, I think he saw uh, and had great examples last year. Some guys that went through that and probably learned a lot from that. And he has, uh, a good team around him, good guys around him, and a, a great support staff within his family that I know is really important to him. Uh, that supports him. We we support him and everything he does. And um, I think he loves being the Chicago Cub. I think he loves his teammates, and I think he loves winning. And those are things that I value, and I try to continue to stress to everybody. And uh, I don't have to worry about that with Wilson. He does a nice job of bringing that mentality every single day. You you talked about like the, the emotional the things that have happened this year with Wilson, like him and his brother with the lineup card. I mean, it, it you have to ha- not have a soul if you didn't enjoy that. Like as a fan, like seeing those <laughs> two guys and then seeing him be emotional last night. I love when guys are able to harness it, and I've always loved Willie because he. He because he's an emotional guy and he sometimes allows us in as viewers and fans of the game to see it. For you, how did you harness your emotions and and what are the positives when you have a guy that can play with a little bit of emotion like Willie does? Yeah, I think edge and emotion is good, right? I mean our emotions can can and I think Willie's um, sometimes comes out in anger and sometimes comes out in sadness and sometimes comes out in, in, in I'm mad, you know, like how to control those and continue to not let them affect your performance uh, for me was, was the biggest thing. And, and you learn that, right. You learn to control those emotions and fears. Uh, I think a lot of my stuff going back um, was controlling the, the fear of letter for a fan base that expected a lot out of you and, and not being the one that, that made the mistake. You know, uh, I think Wilson's probably carrying a little bit different emotions of like, I've got to, you know, he, he's one of our um, best hitters, one of our best performers um, and one of our all-stars. And he's a guy that uh, has even higher expectations and he knows if he's one of the guys we rely on to do well. So, um, you know, I, I think that's something that everybody grows into. And I think that's, something that you continue to learn how you work best. I know speaking of, you know, emotions, Wade was saying he was way too amped up on that first outing in um, San Diego and turned it around last night and said he's just trying to go out and have fun. I think that's something that you learn as you 
get older, of we can put a lot of expectations on ourselves. We can put a lot of false narratives on ourselves of what we have to be or what we have to do. Um, the main thing is go out and have fun, play like you're a kid, uh, do your homework and enjoy the game. That's usually when we're at our best, most of us. You, you said something earlier that I just wanted to kind of whiteboard because I like when you teach us baseball here on this segment. You're talking about <laughs> Wilson Contreras and championship at bats. For you, what constitutes a championship at bat? Yeah, it's consistency, right? Um, the thing that stands out to me is, is what what do you look like in your first at bat of the game, your approach? Are you staying to um, middle away? Um, you know, if you're – you're looking for something out over do you swing at a sinker in or uh, if you're committed to the fastball are you laying off any kind of spin until you get two strikes whatever your consistent type of at bat is uh in your plan and seeing that every time you walk up if if there's nobody on in two outs in your first at bat of the game and you have a certain at bat but then bases loaded two outs fans are on their feet in the in the ninth is, am I getting the same at bat? Am I able to control my emotions and have my at bat in that moment? That's what's important to me. Um, not all of a sudden I swing at the first pitch over my head. You know, those are things, obviously, you grow and you learn that comes with maturity, but the more consistent championship type at bats that we can have uh, throughout a game, and, and if you get that from one through nine and that doesn't end for nine innings, the other team and the other pitcher has to work really, really hard. And that, to me, is what championship at bats look like. Rossi, as always, I appreciate the time and the information. Good luck tonight against Brubaker. All right, Lawrence. Take care, man. Good to talk to you. Have a great day. Same here. That is manager of the Cubs, David Ross. I Look, I'm an emotional guy. And, and I've, I've allowed myself to be a little bit more emotional over the last few years than maybe the previous, like, five years. As a player, like, when, when I played, like, I was not. I was more robotic. I was I was very baseball policey. And so seeing a guy who's as skilled as Wilson Contreras. Like I mean I I wasn't kidding when I said Rossi like when you saw him and his brother hugging it out when they handed out the lineup cards in Atlanta, you if you didn't like get choked up, if your eyes didn't tear, I'm sure some of you are getting goosebumps thinking about it right now as I'm talking about it. You can imagine yourself in that situation. And I hope that if you are someone that that your emotions are on the surface sometimes, that you can imagine yourself feeling the way that Willie felt. That's a huge moment, like family-wise for them. And I'm sure that it's it, it was a, a moment where it was just like the pride was just rising to the surface for him. I've always dug that about him as a player. And Rossi's right. Like sometimes it does come out in a way that isn't always the best, but I'd rather a player like that find the equilibrium for it than completely turning that part of who they are off. Ray, can we hear the, the the Grand Slam call from last night? And he drives one in the air to left center field and deep. This ball's back to the wall. It's got a chance. Grand Slam. Home run number 100 
for Wilson Contreras, and he makes it a grand slam home run. How about that? Have an inning, Wilson Contreras, to start the game. Yeah, how about it? Come up and you end up a leadoff hitter being a guy that hits a grand slam in the first inning. That means that y'all was doing some work, and the Cubs have been doing that. What, five out of their last seven they've won? I think they got a chance today against Brubaker. Brubaker versus Keegan Thompson. We'll have that game for you here on the score with pregame starting at 6 o'clock. There's a Cubs thing that I wanted to talk about with you that I didn't get a chance to yesterday. Like There was a lot of stuff. And there's the Cueto breaking news. We will preview the White Sox game at 1240 with James Feagan. But when we come back, I want to get into it a little bit. And I want to talk about Wilson Contreras and add him to the list of guys that you love or have loved over the last eight years and what it looks like if that person is not there. I'll explain what I mean better next here on The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two, on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. That feels great, right? And I think Wilson's yesterday took me back to my 100th, and, and obviously Wilson's got a lot faster than I did and is uh, a, you know, a much better caliber player than I was. And uh, to see him do that and all that hard work pay off and um, – to be a part of that, to watch him when he first, you know, his first at bat, taking that change up off the lefty to right center in his first home run. I remember like it was yesterday uh, sitting on the bench and so pumped up for him. And then he gets to 
um, hit 100 last night for a grand slam in that fashion, um, you know, was pretty special. I thought, um, you know, you saw a little emotion come out from him. He's pumped up. He uh, He's put a lot of hard work and, and, again, a guy that we rely on for championship at-bats. And really, you're talking about our success as of late. He's just gotten on fire and having great at-bats at the top of our order. Um, we we really rely on Wilson, and that was a really cool moment last night. That was just a few minutes ago. David Ross talking about Wilson Contreras. Fantastic turnaround by Ray Diaz, the executive producer of this show. And he's right. Like it, it's it's incredible what we're seeing from Wilson Contreras. I I'm happy for him. I just like him as a player. I, him and Baez to me were just so fun. As players, like I, I vibed with them on an emotional level. So, so seeing them succeed for the Cubs, and now seeing Wilson Contreras being the the, the lone position player, kind of left him and Hayward. But Hayward's obviously towards the end of his career, and Wilson Contreras is at a at a crossroads with his career on what happens next. Like where where does he end up going? Does he stick around? And it's been interesting that they haven't been able to come to any sort of contract extension agreement yet for Wilson Contreras. And I wonder if he looks around and he sees the other guys being gone and Rizzo really being the only one that's having success right now. That could obviously change because the type of players that we're talking about are super talented. I imagine it's, emotional for him and it's emotional for you like as a cub fan seeing having to trust that this is going to be built back up the way that you want it to be and also seeing a guy like Wills Contreras someone on the twitch stream twitch.tv slash Chicago 670 the score asked a good question is Wilson Contreras good enough to build around in baseball like I'm, I'm not sure about the answer I mean The old school way of thinking would be that if you had an athletic hitting catcher, he'd be the perfect guy to build around. And now with the DH being in the National League too, you can shield yourself from some of the things that you worry about with an aging athletic catcher. You, You would have at least one spot where you know that you could put him in the lineup every single day. I want you to take a listen to to Wilson Contreras after the game yesterday. And as we've said, he is someone who wears his emotions on his sleeve. This is him talking about his 100th home run and it being at Wrigley Field and it being in a Cubs uniform. And let me know via text what you think you hear from Wilson. I woke up having a feeling that today was going to be like a special moment. I never thought that I was going to hit 100 homers in the big leagues, especially with the Chicago Cubs. And that means a lot to me and my family. I've been in this organization for 14 years, and I knew myself that I was going to, I was going to get to the big leagues. But I, 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 I didn't think of hitting 100 homers, especially with one team, the Chicago Cubs. And doing it in front of these amazing fans, especially with these amazing years, it means a lot to me. That's courtesy of Marquis. And inside there, Dan always talks about Wrigley Field as an emotional amplifier. It's one of the smartest things he's ever said on the air. And you can hear it 
in there. Wilson's being asked about this by the marquee broadcast. And even in it, Ray, can you load it up again? I just want people to hear, you can almost hear him pause. Like as the 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 fans are singing Go Cubs Go, they dominated the Pirates last night. Take a listen again to Wilson with all of this going on behind him. I woke up having a feeling that today was going to be like a special moment. I never thought that I was going to hit 100 homers in the big leagues, especially with the Chicago Cubs. And that means a lot to me and my family. I've been in this organization for 14 years. And I knew myself that I was going to, I was going to get to the big leagues. But I, 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 I didn't think of hitting 100 homers, especially one team, the Chicago Cubs. In doing it in front of these amazing fans, especially with these amazing jersey, it means a lot to me. These amazing fans with this amazing jersey. It's an emotional dude. And I appreciate him taking in this. A lot of times, we, we, and I'll globalize it, we get emotional reflecting back on stuff. And I'm sure some of that reflection is in there for Wilson. But we don't give enough credit to being able to kind of emote in the moment. And I, I appreciate that Wilson is doing that. I hope that there's a way that he can stay and that he feels like they're moving in a direction where it's worth it for him to stay. But you never know what motivates people. So trying to figure out what motivates him is something that Jed Hoyer is going to do. What are the things that will, besides the money, that will make him want to stay? And look, even Aaron Judge didn't take an extension. So keep that in mind when, when you're talking about what happens with Wilson Contreras. We'll get back more into the Cubs in the 1 o'clock hour. We're going to go out to Kansas City next. The White Sox are getting ready to take on Kansas City in the first of a doubleheader. James Fegan is there. We will discuss with him next here on The Score. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score. score, 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 score. And 670thescore.com. In Odyssey Station. James Fegan. Yes, James. James Fegan's got some branding on his laptop. Making sure everybody knows that he's joined the Athletic. 
never get too much exposure. On Twitter at J.R. Fegan. I can anticipate this question is probably way too early, but excellent. Too soon. <laughs> too soon. Asking the questions to get the answers you need. If you knew that Abreu was available to be the runner there, would you have gone to him instead of Hendrick? Yeah, if I'd known that, I didn't know that. I'd have checked the rule. I'm guessing you know the rules better. Now I know. James Fegan with Lawrence Holmes on 670 The Score. The score. The score. The score. The score. Yeah, James Fegan's been getting a lot of screen time on Sox broadcasts, much to his chagrin. Although his family loves it, and I think it's a good thing that his family loves it. They look forward to seeing him on television. I look forward to having him on this radio show. He joins me on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline. Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, some of the world's largest sports book. He joins me from Kansas City as the White Sox get ready to play game one of their doubleheader. Dylan Cease will pitch for the South Side Nine. So, James, how are you enjoying being a television star? Um, well, my aunt's happy, so I guess that's, that's all that matters at the end of the day, right? Yep, pretty much. Like, that's that's very key. I, I had a similar experience with my aunt, and she would tell people that I was on the TV. And it didn't matter where I was on the TV, just that I was on the TV. And she liked it. So it's good that your family gets a chance to see that. I, I saw some interesting quotes that you you put out on Twitter at J.R. Fegan is where you can find him on The Athletic from Ethan Katz in the White Sox rotation. I'm not willing to say that they have a glut of starters right now because it was only one performance from Johnny Cueto, but how will the White Sox approach as guys get healthier what they do with their rotation? I mean, I think Ethan would probably agree with you um, having just talked to him is that most of these problems about like how will we handle all these healthy, effective players, you know, tend to get worked out um, with you know, injuries popping up. The fact that you know right now they're going to have a guy they just called up who's had two games at AAA because things pop up like Lucas Giolito getting COVID, which obviously is, is still, you know, obviously he's been cleared and he's back and he's in the clubhouse, but there's a lot more masks being worn around. There's, you know, there's a level of concern that that's something that can pop up and cause you know little delays or unavailabilities. I think if we're really face that scenario, you probably think that maybe Vince Velasquez is maybe the guy who has more flexibility to go to the bullpen uh, than anybody else. Just because he was kind of already came into camp prepared to handle that type of swingman role. Uh, than maybe say asking Dallas Keuchel to do it off, off the jump. But, you know, they're also looking at a situation where, you know, we just saw Michael Kopech have his lowest velocity of the season. He's getting an extra day. And, you know, some of that's built in from uh, paternity leave, but, They've already talked about they're going to skip his turn at points in the season, and if anything, this kind of gives them the flexibility to do that uh, just outright and still have five guys rather than worrying about, like, oh, man, we're just going to be overloaded with starting pitching and we have to cut somebody to the bullpen forever, and you know, there will be no other opportunities to fill in at any point. Okay. Well, what do you make of, of what Dallas Keuchel has said about wanting to go deeper into games and Tony LaRusso's response to it? It was very blunt. Um, I, I went over to Dallas yesterday kind of wondering if this was going to be a prolonging of kind of the back and forth of uh, a little bit of disconnect about how he's perceived. Listen, I know it's not going to come off well from him saying it, given that he struggled, but Dallas Keitel doesn't get to be Dallas Keitel. He thinks he's anything less than, um, you know, the fattest dude in the world. He throws 87. He has to compete against major league hitters. He has to have a very high view of himself and a lot of confidence about what he is, if he's on the mindset of, like, my stuff's diminished or my command's gone, but hopefully I can scrap it out as a fifth starter, 
you know, he, he's lost before he goes out there. So he's going to have the mindset of, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm back to what I was, and I deserve that. Uh, but at the same time, Tony's very essentially making the right call. He, he's dealing with two-run games, you know, seemingly all the time, trying to protect this Red Bear lead. And, and Dallas has not, you know, shown in the past year and a half that he's somebody who's, you know, that you want to put out there at the absolute end of his outing and have him protecting a one true run game. You know, he said, all right, if they were up six, nothing in that game, Dallas cycle pitches the six against the Yankees. No problem. But their, their offense is just not giving them the leeway to kind of build these guys back or, or give them all the rope that they would necessarily want. It, it, it's, it's kind of the source of all the problems. Heck, I think it's the reason he batted at Andrew Vaughn ninth the other night. It's not what I would do. I'm not going to endorse it's a good decision, but that's the type of stuff you see managers start doing when they think, man, Tim Anderson's one of the few guys I have hitting. What can I do to put runners on so that he's actually an RBI situation so that we're not generating offense? Uh, the, the more that kind of puts pressure on anything, everything, the more kind of you know desperate situations or decisions you start seeing made. What should or will the White Sox consider doing if Jose Abreu continues to struggle? He was kind of asked that today, and I don't think they really see a scenario. He said that in his career, it's been so rare that he feels like somebody who's just produced consistently has just been bad to the point where he had to do something. That it's usually he feels it's something about, you know, there's an underlying injury and ultimately the, the the method is to rest him more or to, you know, address that or if it's fatigue or start giving him more off days or trying to DH him more. He's referenced trying to make him DH a few times and obviously he'll DH in the second half of this double header and then sometimes Jose has rolled right on and plays first base the next day after he said something like that. I think you'd see a lot more measures to rest him, but I think especially the way Tony talked about Jose, talked about even Yasmani Grandal. I don't know if there's like a big counter move they have in play to say in June, all right, this guy's no good anymore. We're going to move on. I, I think they're kind of, you know, committed to these guys to the bitter end because that's the way the team is built to one degree. And also just this is a manager who has just extreme confidence, confidence in proven veterans uh, to a way that could be a fall if they never turned around. It's kind of on them. I, I've been wondering, and you're in that clubhouse every day talking to these guys with a Brayu specifically, because of what he means to recent White Sox history and, and these guys that are coming up and, and hopefully in, moving into their prime right now, do you think it would damage this team if he couldn't figure it out? And I, I don't mean just from a statistical standpoint. Do you think there's something about like seeing Superman get punched out that could affect the rest of these guys if he doesn't bounce back? Uh. Yeah, I think it could. I, I certainly think it would be something that'd be hard to handle if he actually got, you know, demoted bench in some way, which I, again, cannot stress enough. I do not see happening in any kind of immediate future. Um, but Tony actually said today that he'd been asking around people who kind of watched some more, like, have you seen stretches like this from a very before? And they said, yeah, it'll have, it'll have sluggish periods. You know, periods where you think he's a little off. Um, and, He's been trying to place it in context to say, like, yeah, this team has seen him go through stretches. And, you know, that's part of why, you know, the past couple of days, Abreu has been just pretty loud and pretty uh, joking and in a good mood in the clubhouse with the idea that he's seen things better and he feels like he's close to getting back. So I, I think, if anything, they're at a point where we've been through this before and, you know, he's going to be fine, still kind of mode before 
I, I think it would have to stretch on another month, six weeks before they're like, you know, what's up with him. James Fegan of The Athletic joining me here as we talk about the White Sox. They're taking on the Royals in two games today. The first game will be coming up in a little bit. What should we take away from Johnny Cueto's performance last night? Well, I still think based on his recent track record, what you really hope from Johnny is, you know, what you got his last year in San Francisco is somebody could, you know, give you league average innings. Uh, you know, in, in a pretty good supply, someone who works quickly and efficiently enough that they can get through six pretty quickly. Um, and the way you get league average innings, especially if maybe you're somebody who maxes out at 93 when you're really reaching back, is you slice through bad lineups when given the opportunity uh, with craft and execution. And he certainly did that last night. I don't know if that means he's going to go and pitch on Sunday at the Yankees and still could be seats, but as an example, and just dominate the best lineup in baseball, but he... If you're trying to sell me on what he can do and what he provides, his team is certainly as hard as depth. I think last night was a pretty big proof of concept of just the consistency of the strike throwing command and what he's able to do to, to make low 90s really play up uh, against you know, a pretty bad offense. The offense yes. that literally fired their hitting coach today before the game. So I think <laughs> if he's slicing up bad teams, he's going to shake out to the type of guy you want. I think if he was having trouble with these type of rural lineups, then you start to wonder, all right, Oh, how, how how consistently is it all going to really click for him if uh, you know teams like that can pick him apart? Yeah, and and I I kept I was like sitting there looking, going, well, wait a minute, doesn't this set it up so that he ends up starting against the Yankees this weekend? And you're like, oh, then we'll get a better sense of exactly how much his stuff plays against decent or good teams. Yeah, I, I think part of it is um, how Steve looks today and whether he looks like somebody that hey, maybe it'd be a good thing for him to get an uh, extra day or, you know, he looks like he looks against the Angels. Maybe it's more of an idea that your best shot is to throw him against New York uh, this weekend and, and just give Johnny that home debut when he comes back. I was talking about this on yesterday's show, and, and I'm, I would love to know what they said about Michael Kopech's start because it was a dominant start except for one inning where he lost command. What happened there, and do they look at it as a positive that he lost command, then regained it, and and was dominant against a lineup that's really good? I think it was more of a, well, it was good that he kept his head, because he was obviously very upset in the dugout after that second inning, and it was good that he showed that he could mix around his fastball location enough um, and had enough ride on it to kind of get through that lineup as much as he did. But generally, was not a good day in terms of he looked out at sink. He could not command his, his secondary stuff um, as well as he needed to to really use it or rely on it. And obviously, his velocity was down. And, you know, related or not to just him being on leave anyway, he's going to get his first kind of extended, you know, extra rest in response to that. So I don't think in terms of like, in terms of the character of Michael Kopech, it was, a, it was a good day in terms of resilience. But as far as him being a great pitcher or dominant, it's probably going to be the consistency of his ability to refine his mechanics and execute and, and be synced up. And so for that end, it was more of a struggle. But if you know him struggling gets you through you know decent outings and not blowups, you know obviously that, that speaks well to him. But it also it wasn't a step forward in terms of him looking like he, he needs to be you know to be that top of the rotation guy at the end of the season, but. We, we knew they were going to be bumping the road during the season since first as a starter. Luis Robert is on a 14-game hit streak. He pretty much wins them the game last night. 
how does he explain why he's so locked in right now? It really doesn't. He just says, I'm doing the same thing I'm always doing. It's just going well right now. Uh, he's a funny guy, like, even through uh, you know interpreter. It's just it's like I, I'm, I'm keen in on the same pitches. I'm always keen. I, I have the same focus I always have, but right now the hits are dropping. That, that's, that's all I'll really say about it. Just, you know, he's a guy who you know, is kind of in the mode of Abreu of just how simply he tries to keep everything as far as talking about what he does with the play. He, he's someone who, you know, he doesn't like all the, like, a ton of advanced information. He told me at the start of the season, like, I want to know what guy throws and how hard, and that's about it. Because everything else, that's, that's the way I came up playing in Cuba, and everything else is you know, kind of clouding me out of what I want to do with the play. So he, he doesn't have a long, <laughs> you know, thorough or, you know, analytical explanation of it. He's just like, I'm saying because this is what I've always been, and right now it's good, and sometimes it'll be bad, and that's baseball. Why haven't we seen Yasmani Grandal draw walks this season? I don't know. Like, it's still probably one of the best rates on the team, but it's not as, uh, you know, last year when he did that at such a, you know, just inhuman high rate, it was about he kind of wasn't feeling super comfortable driving the ball and probably made him a bit more passive than he would like to be um, overall. I don't think he's quite gone through that same thing. Obviously, some degree of that approach really helped and made him really disciplined and really made him consistent on base, whereas now he, he feels confident physically enough to drive the ball but has gone through the stretch of really being on the ground and not you know, being on time the way he would want to be uh, on off-speed pitches and recognizing them. So I, I think the, the major thing is that he, he doesn't have this huge physical impediment that's keeping him from being timing, but it's, it's also kind of taken away from what we thought was a, a really awesome setup that you know served him well when he was starting to drive the ball second half last year. Where does Kauffman Stadium rank for you as visiting places to go? I love the actual ballpark. I love the uh, the food here. Um, and I, I think it looks great. I know they're probably looking to do a new stadium pretty soon. It's Usually a lot of staying here, I either, you either have to rent a car, it's not downtown, it's not close to the airport, or you do what I do, which is you stay in a hotel across the freeway and then run for your life to cross traffic uh, to get clubhouse, which uh, my editor will be very unhappy to hear that I'm still doing, but it saves money. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, seeing a, a, a semi-truck coming at you, uh, you know, once a year uh, kind of puts things in perspective. Oh, my God, James, don't be out there doing Frogger for baseball coverage. Yeah, but you're like, if you played Frogger at the same level for counseling, you would just get really good at it. It's not like it's getting harder. So I'm just, I'm, I'm leveling up while the game isn't getting harder. Oh, my so, God. Like playing Frogger level one, like for, for, you know, six years. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you're still with us. Have a good rest of your trip for the next four games. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, well, you know, we'll see about that. See how I, I make it to the week. Let's see about that. That is James Fegan of The Athletic, a.k.a. Frogger. There was a, a Bulls thing that popped up in the timeline last night that I was like, hold up. We should probably be talking about this. So I'm going to talk about it next here on The Score. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.